0: I'm Georgina Bowden, and this is The Pricing on the Cake.
1: Welcome to episode 13 of The Pricing on the Cake, the podcast that's all about growing a profitable business confidently. If you're a woman who's building a newer business, then this is the show for you. Today, I'm going to be chatting with a good friend of mine, Georgina Bowden. George, welcome to the show.
0: Hello. Thank you.
1: Thank you for coming on today. Um, first of all, George, I'd love for you to share with us a little bit about yourself and what you do.
0: Sure, sure. So um, for those of you who, who may not have heard me before, I'm British, obviously. So <laughs> we came over to Australia in 2017, so three years at the time of recording, and um, I'm a business coach. I'm a business coach and, and dabble in a bit of mindset for, for women in business, but particularly those who are in the first couple of years of their business. So I love, um, I love helping people get over their fears of being seen, their fears of selling, uh, their fears that their thing isn't going to work or that other people can do it a million times better than them (laughs) and to see them actually taking action and then telling me that they've got a new client or another new client or another new client is literally the best feeling.
1: Gosh, I love seeing like how you light up whenever you talk about it. Like it doesn't matter if we're in a business context or if we're having wine and cheese at one of your networking dinners like, you know, whenever you talk about that it's really really nice. Um I'd love to hear like why why did you start a business? Cuz I know that you come from a corporate background. You had a, you know, really really good job there. You know, what what gave you the courage, I guess, to to make that leap? Why was that so important for you?
0: Sure. Well, actually this so this is the second business that I've run. So I had a business over in the UK as well which was a consultancy business and that makes it sound grander than it was it was just me Um, (laughs) and I loved it it gave me as we all know for everyone who's got their own business we know it gives you the flexibility and you you know to a certain extent you can choose the clients that you work with and all of that kind of great stuff Um, and I really loved it but it was not the kind of business that I could move to Australia when we moved to Australia Plus, I wanted some stability and a new network and all that kind of stuff. So as you said, I got a corporate job, which on paper should have been perfect. For a variety of reasons, it was not perfect at all, really. Um, but what it did do was it allowed me to, to start to build up my networks to obviously get our cash back in the positive from the big move, which was really important. Mm. And it did get to a point where I thought I literally I cannot do this for one more day. Yeah. Um, and so it was quite easy to it was quite easy to start up the new business because I'd already run one before. Sure. Um, having said that, it was much harder than I thought it was going to be to make the
1: business fly. OK. OK. Oh, tell us more about that. That's mm. a very it's very. Yeah, <laughs> Very mysterious Uh, then. I thought,
0: oh, well, I've done it before and it was very easy in the UK. Right. It will be very easy again because I already know how to run a business. (laughs) (laughs) No. What I hadn't banked on Mm. or I'd taken for granted is probably a better way of of putting it, is I'd taken for granted that I already was incredibly well known in my industry in the UK, had a really good network. I got almost all of my jobs through word of mouth I barely needed to you know tout for business anywhere or advertise myself I did a few proposals but I was pretty much a shoo-in um because I was so well respected and I didn't realize or had, as I said I had taken for granted how important that was going to be and so in a new country where I'd been here literally 10 months yeah. in a job that I was working like 10 hours a day plus commutes you know I was literally starting from scratch yeah. So I had to I had to kind of dig down and re-remember what made my previous business so successful and then attempt to recreate it
1: yep. from scratch. In sure. <laughs> that's why it was that's why it was a bit harder than I thought it was yeah. going to <laughs> <laughs> Oh, it sounds like such an interesting challenge. I'm sure, you know, going through that, I'm guessing because you didn't have the backing that you had in the UK, you didn't have the the network and the reputation and things to fall back on, I'm guessing that you maybe learned a lot more this time around in terms of having to build a business from scratch would you say that's accurate like what what kind of things did you notice were different this time
0: I don't know if I've noticed that things are different this time um I'm doing a lot more on social media than I ever did Mm -hmm. back in the previous business for sure um but but realistically I mean you you and I both know this that social media is great but face-to-face is still really important. So meeting people at networking events or for coffee chats or just for informal meetups, whatever, really cements those relationships. So for me, it's been learning that added lesson of of using social media, I guess. But what's been really good about it for my work is that because I've had to go back and kind of interrogate what made my previous business successful, it's made it easier for me to teach other people.
1: Yeah,
0: sure. And I hadn't realized um, or hadn't fully realized the amount of transferable stuff I had from my previous business to this business. Like, uh, you know, I I talk a lot about following up and nurturing the relationships and stuff. And that was all about what I had to do in my previous business. Sure. Okay.
1: Um, I'd love to chat now about, the kinds of women that you serve and I know that you mentioned before you usually help women in the first couple of years of their business um and you and I have some overlap there and we've talked before about um there are some kind of overlapping challenges really common challenges that women tend to have in the first couple of years can you tell me about some of the most common challenges that your clients have um and you know like how you go about helping them through that
0: yeah sure so a lot of a lot of the people that I help with um have an unhealthy um, amount of procrastination going on in their life. And, you know, a certain amount of procrastination is, is a good thing and uh, is, is necessary to help us have the time and space to make those important decisions. Mm-hmm. But when the procrastination becomes paralyzing and it's not serving you, then that's obviously the time where we need to take a bit of um, a stock check and see what's really going, what's underneath the procrastination. Sure. So for me, for my clients, and this is something that, that everybody can do to them, for themselves, is to firstly get a bit of awareness going on, a bit of self-awareness going on. Firstly, to notice that you're procrastinating in the first place. So what does it look like for you? So for me, it looks like making multiple cups of tea, looking <laughs> in the fridge every half an hour, um, you know, maybe doing the housework instead of doing my actual work yeah. and stuff like that. So when I notice that I'm doing those things, I think, right. So firstly, I've got the self-awareness around the procrastination. Then I ask myself, what is it that I, what is it that I should be doing instead? So yeah. Is it recording a, a, a training for my program or is it, um, you know, writing an email newsletter or whatever it is. And then I, then I think to myself, okay, well, which one, which one of those is going to make the boat go faster essentially.
1: Yeah.
0: And if I want my boat to go faster, then it's going to be recording. A video, is going to be sending out to the newsletter doing my follow-ups, or something like that. Hmm. So yeah, so procrastination is the big one, um, and that's usually fueled by fear. Like our, okay, my experience, and I'm sure yours, it's fueled by a fear of fear of being seen, of what will people think? What if it doesn't work? Yeah, and also a funny one: what if it does work?
1: Yeah, I know How's that's how awesome. I can't deliver. uh, Oh gosh. I know. I remember seeing things like, uh, you know, I used to read things like, um, you know, some people have a fear of success. I'm like, what do you mean? And it wasn't until like, you know, I got a year or two into my business and I was like, I understand that now, you know, as you, as you grow and as you do more and you suddenly realize that there is more that's possible that, Oh, I actually could get that. Or I could get that visible or I could do these things. All of a sudden you're like, wow, it's actually more real now, whereas before it was just a concept. Um, and I think that's a really big thing too. You know, fear fear is a really big one um, for, for my own clients as well in terms of uh, just, you know, fear of what people will think, fear of what if it's wrong, uh, you know, what if, what if my business fails because I make a bad decision. Um, why do you think it is that fear is such a common challenge, especially for women who are newer in business? Because this isn't really something that you would see of like more established businesses of course um it seems to be really limited to entrepreneurs in the early days why do you think that is
0: i think um honestly i think it's a cultural thing that's been passed down through generations and generations of of women mothers to daughters without even meaning to um and i don't want to do men down who listen to this podcast because there are a lot of awesome men we've over the generations we have Put ourselves into two separate um places where men are the hunters women are the gatherers we have a different kind of psyche i think to men a lot of the time um mm. and i think that's why it's i think that's why it's happened because we're putting ourselves into danger essentially yeah you know we go back into the the cave woman days where if we'd done something that was um out of context for a woman to do or for a person to do yeah um, we would essentially um be isolated from our tribe maybe chucked out of the cave where we wouldn't survive on our own and now we yeah. are quite public speaking sending mm. out a newsletter to being potentially the fear of being ostracized what if we're judged yeah and it comes up with that age old um you know, cave woman fear of of being chucked out. Yeah, yeah, so definitely it goes back. Of, we're hardwired. I think we're we're all hardwired. Men, men too. Mm-hmm. I think women, perhaps we talk about it more.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I think that's a big one too. You know, it's, it is a lot more, it's, it's much more a verbal discussion, you know, it's out in the open a lot more, but I think you're right in that. It is, it's very much a cultural thing. And I think that, you know, going back to your point about awareness before with procrastination, I think that one of the first steps in terms of dealing with that fear is just the awareness that actually this is something that has been somewhat imposed on me in a way, you know, because of how culture, um, I guess, portrays, you know, the roles of women and what we're encouraged to do and things like that. And we tend to form these like beliefs about money and about success and about being seen and visible. And a lot of those things are usually more closely related or or closely associated with um, men doing those things because they're the breadwinners. And so they're usually the ones in those roles. And so this is still a relatively new thing for a lot of women. Um, But I think there's still a huge problem in terms of helping, helping women get through those issues and those challenges that they have and the thoughts and feelings they have. Um, I posted a question in my group the other day and I said, what would you need in order to have the confidence to raise your prices? And one woman wrote to feel worthy of it no my god it broke my, my i know heart. i know it broke my heart and it made me so so sad but honestly i i've talked to that many women who who feel the same who they like the idea of raising their prices um but they don't feel confident because they're like oh i don't think i'm worth it i'm just by myself i'm just a mum. i'm just uh you know a, a one to two year business owner and there's all these like qualifier words like just in front of their sentences and things so so going, going on that, then let's move away from like the sad things. Um, what are the main, <laughs> what are the main like tools and resources that you give your clients? Um, and we can share, we can sort of both share here in terms of helping them be able to tackle really, really deeply rooted thoughts and feelings and beliefs like that.
0: Um, I tend to, I don't really have tools and resources as such. I, I wouldn't say. <clears throat> excuse me. But yeah, as we, as we spoke about, the self-awareness is super important, mm-hmm. but also to, to understand what is... So in coaching, we're taught that every behaviour has a positive consequence or every behaviour is there for a positive reason. So once we understand that our fear of raising our prices or whatever it is, is rooted in the fear of you know, not wanting to be rejected, mm. we can start to be a bit more logical yeah about what where's the evidence to show that i'm actually going to be rejected if i raise my prices or i'm actually going to be rejected if i press send on my newsletter yeah usually there's no evidence and then by a process of um yeah being logical about it seeing seeing where the evidence is to, to prove and disprove our beliefs then we can start to take some small steps. So, a lot of coaches, they're like, Massive action, Massive action. You know me, I'm like, Massive action for me is a series of very small steps that can yeah. add up. I know a lot of my clients, if I told them to launch a, a, a course, they would run away screaming, kind of thing. <laughs> but if, you know, if we plotted the course launch um, or building up an email list or whatever bit by bit, it kind of happens without them knowing so.
1: yeah yeah that's very <laughs> true it, they're like oh it wasn't that bad yeah, yeah. <laughs> so for
0: me, yeah. you know, being able to kind of help them help them do it in a way that is you know it's still going to put them out of their comfort zone for sure yeah you know? but understanding and it's such a cliche nothing grows in your comfort zone.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I and I, it kind of makes me cringe, but also it's so true. It is, it is. There's a, there's a lot of, there are a lot of axioms like that in business where it's just, it's so cliche, but it's like, it's also so incredibly true. Um, I'd love to share one exercise that I often share with with my clients and it's the what happens next exercise. I usually use this, so what I tend to try to do, if, uh, you know, if, I, if I'm talking to a woman who's feeling that lack of confidence, that fear, um, you know, I'm not worthy, I don't want to look greedy, blah, blah, blah. Uh, I notice the fact that all of those thoughts have to do with them and they're, not, they're, not, they're no longer thinking about their business. They're no longer thinking about their customers. And so what I want to do is take the focus away from them and how they're feeling because that's just going to continually feed those fears and beliefs, take it out and put their focus on their, on their customers instead. Um, And I find that this helps also in terms of like how confident they feel in the value that they provide. So the way the uh, what happens next activity works is you start with a thing that you sell. So maybe, you know, it's a coaching program or maybe you make websites or maybe you sell things online. So you start with a thing that you sell and then you say, okay, I give this to the customer. What happens next? Okay. So there's an immediate result. And then you keep asking, you know, what happens next? what happens next, what happens next for each thing. You know, taking the website example, uh, is it's just an easy one and I always like to use it when, I, when I'm using this um, analogy. But, you know, if, it, if someone makes a website for someone, you know, what happens next is they get more traffic to their website. What happens next is they get more leads. What happens next is they get more sales, they earn more money, uh, they save more, they... Pay off their mortgage faster. They uh, have time, more time to spend with their family. They make memories with their kids, and you know you can keep, you can take that as far as you want down, like generations down the line. Um, but the point of it is to uh, number one, understand the value of what you do, understand the impact of what you do, but also number two, like get yourself out of your, out of your head a bit. I think that when, and I'm speaking from experience, and I'm sure you can as well, when you are in a place where you're feeling that imposter syndrome or the fear the more you focus on it, like the worse it gets. And so I find that it can be really helpful to just pull yourself out and put a focus on something else. Is that something that you would agree with or do you take a similar approach? Yeah,
0: definitely. I like to, um, one of the things that I like to ask people to do is to write like a list of 10 reasons why people would buy their thing. Mm -hmm. And some of them, it's a a real stretch for them to think of 10 reasons. But, but, you know, I force them into it because that's a kind of...
1: (laughs) You stand there with a crop and you're like, You will do it. Yeah. Yeah, exactly, exactly.
0: Um and it really makes them think about not just um, you know, features and benefits, blah blah blah. It really makes them think about how the how their purchaser, their buyer mm. what they will get out of it. Yeah. So yeah, that is something that I do. And I also I love to give them some self-coaching questions as well. So mm-hmm. You know, is this is what I'm doing going to move me closer to or further away from what I'm doing now? Um, I give them. So if there's a, we talk about follow up in one of my programs. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, <laughs> I just mouthed
1: as you know. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> for anyone listening to the podcast and didn't see that, anyone watching in black and white. Yeah. Um,
0: but one of the things that I talk about in follow up is, you know, we we hate to be we don't want to be rejected we don't want to be told no and sometimes that means that we never get a yes because we never actually ask anybody yeah yeah. but is to have a a post-it note or something around your desk and all it says it's got one word on it and that word is next and when you get someone who doesn't buy from you or someone who throws objection 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 at you is to look at that post-it note and just think next Next person, detach from the outcome. Detach from whether they're going to buy from you or not. Mm. All we're looking for is: are they? Can you help them? Are they potentially going to be a good fit? Yeah. If people hate being sold to, but they'd love to buy. Yeah, yeah. So if we can detach from the outcome, help them, see if they're a good fit, and if they're not, next. And obviously, that means and is part of what I teach is we always need to make sure that their pipe, their potential client pipeline is full, so they've always got a next person to. Yeah. Show. When we're, when we're fishing from a pool with only three fish in it, it's, you know, it's difficult <laughs> to make the money that we want to make. But if we're fishing from a pool, that's got like 200 fish in it. Yeah. Thumbs up. Bob's your uncle. Mm.
1: It's so much better. I like that phrase, like detach from the outcome. Um, you know, it reminds me of, uh, you know, like basically this, a same saying, the same sort of thing is, uh, you know, be okay with a no. You know, be okay with a no, be happy with a no. Um, And there was something that Ed Klesch shared on The Soul of Enterprise, which is another podcast I really, really like. And they were talking about capacity and they talked about seeing a no, not as rejection, but as an addition of capacity so if you you know send a proposal out to someone for example and they come back to you and they say no instead of seeing that as rejection see that as you're actually gaining back capacity that you would have lost and now you have that capacity to give to another you know high paying client you have it to uh give more value to one of your current clients like seeing it you know, changing the way that you actually see you know, being given a no by someone can make a huge huge difference and if as you said you know you detach from the outcome it ends up being so much better yes
0: I love that it's a really good way to reframe what's going on Mm,
1: definitely what do you think are the three most important things for someone to know or do so that they can be more confident in their business I know that's a really big question Mm -hmm. because it depends Mm -hmm. on the person
0: three things to know or do I think the most important thing really is to and, and you kind of um, you noted that we we get very internalized and it's you know lack of confidence is quite self it's quite a selfish thing really yeah uh, because we've like, as you said we're focusing on ourselves all the time so I think the first thing to keep in mind is almost everybody has imposter syndrome it's not just me and it's not just you and it's not just anybody listening to this yeah (laughs) to ask all the listeners to put their hand up and say have you know do you suffer from imposter syndrome virtually everybody would put their hand up Mm -hmm. so remember it's it's not just you we we all have it and it doesn't matter if we've been in our business one day one year or a decade (laughs) you know new new levels come with a new set of challenges right so we're always going to have a bit of imposter syndrome because if we want to be in that kind of out of the comfort zone, that's where the imposter syndrome strikes. So for me, one of the things that I tell people is if you're not feeling a bit of imposter syndrome, you're probably not trying
1: hard enough. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, How so do most know, people respond when you tell them that? They kind of roll their eyes. Oh. <laughs> right, like they
0: get it. They just do yeah. like the feeling. Yeah. So the next thing is, is then how do we manage it so that... Um, despite feeling the imposter syndrome that we're able to then move through it more quickly, Mm. which is about some of the things that we talked about earlier, being aware of what's going on. Like for me, every time it hits me, I'm, I'm more aware of what's going on and I have more tools and strategies to, to be able to feel, feel it and move through it and do Mm -hmm. this, even though it makes me feel a bit sick sometimes. (laughs) So just so you guys all know.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Oh, definitely. syndrome. (laughs) We all have it all the time. No, I, oh, and, I and I think it's um, one of the things that works against us in that is that, you know, social media is such a highlight reel, right? You know, you share all of your wins and successes and things, and that's something I'm definitely very, very guilty of is like, you know, a lot, a lot of people are, um, and I'm trying to get better at sort of being more personal and sort of sharing some like not so great things on social media just so people know that hey actually this is normal um I think one of the things that really drove it home for me about how important it is to be open as a business owner about the struggles that you're going with was um on one of the one of the first group calls that I did with you in your uh, be bold in business course which is an amazing course by the way and everyone should check it out um, <laughs> You can pay me later <laughs> um you know we were we were on a call in there, and one of the ladies was saying that um she was surprised that I was in the group because she was like you know you're you're so great, like I didn't know you know why why would you need to be in georgia's coaching program and that's that that actually made me really sad like i i was it's nice that she felt that way about me, but it actually made me sad that i have portrayed such an image on social media that, you know, everything's just like wonderful and amazing and things. Mm -hmm. And I think that it does. I remember, you know, when I was newer and I saw, you know, more established business owners talking about their hard days and I still do. And I know that, um, you know, drives it home for me a lot. I know that when I see you talking about struggles and, you know, things that you're going through that just makes it feel makes me feel so much better. Not that I'm happy that you're going through those things, but oh, because it's, no, no, no. <laughs> but it's but it's like, you know, I, I see you and you know, you are doing such amazing things and I look up to you quite a lot. Um and then when I see you going through those things, I'm like, oh, it's okay that I'm also going through those things because everybody does. And yeah. so I think it that is a big help as well is yes. to be surrounding ourselves with people who not only inspire us but also encourage us because they're open about their own struggles and things absolutely
0: I think didn't we talk about it at the retreat that I I feel like people who have uh who have any kind of following actually need to need to be real need to be a bit more real about what what it's really like yeah because otherwise people are being sold a pup that you know, running your own business is all about laptops on the beach and wind blowing in the hair at the top of the mountain. <laughs> and the reality is, and I can't remember what the exact saying is, but you end up working 80 hours a week for, for what you got paid, you know, for working 40 hours a week in a job. Yeah. Um, and and it's it's hard work. It is hard work. And I think mm. people get the impression from all these, um, you know, big wigs that with perfect teeth and perfect hair and, and everything. Yeah. That they make it look really easy, and coaches don't help. And you'll know, like I really hate this. Coaches <laughs> don't help when they say, it, "Using my six step framework, I'll show you how to get to 100 grand in 30 days." Oh
1: yeah, no, I can't stand that.
0: For anyone who's watching this, <laughs> there's pro- there's a heck of a lot that goes on before you reach 100k, guys. Just to, so you yeah. know. yeah, um, a lot, <laughs> a lot, lot, lot. Um. So I think I think that that we all and and anyone with a following has got a bit of a responsibility actually to keep it real.
1: Yeah.
0: You know, we we want to make the path easier for them. That's what our job is for. So we have a responsibility to keep it real, too. And so I think my third thing about the self-confidence would be just to remember, you don't have to do it all on your own. Yeah. Um, I haven't done it all on my own. Courtney hasn't done it all on her own. Nope. So ask for help. It doesn't have to Mm -hmm. be paid help. Like, yes, get a coach or get um, an expert, a branding expert or a website expert or whatever to help you. Mm. But ask for help. If you're struggling, reach out. You are not the only one that's struggling. It's really hard, I know, to want to be professional and look professional all the time. We talk about this, don't we, Courtney? Yes, all the time. Courtney Courtney sent me a message um, sometime earlier on this year. And it said... um, George, I always see you um checking everyone else is okay, but I was wondering, do so they all ever ask if you're okay? Yeah. And I was like, oh my god, no. no, no. <laughs> it was such a breath of fresh air. So I, I thank you for that, you know. Oh, was, that's okay. It's a public thanks, Courtney. I was like, yeah. oh thank you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, and, and it's but also it's on me to ask for help and to tell people when I need when I need help when I'm struggling. So mm you know, it's a, it needs to go both ways.
1: Yeah. It does get harder as your business grows though, as well. Like I've noticed that um, as you know, Oh gosh, this sounds so arrogant and it's not meant to, but as you, as you do become more well-known and you know, more people are sort of mentioning you and referring you and things like that. um, It actually, I find it gets harder to reach out for help um, and harder to sort of reveal when things are hard and things like that, because you feel like people expect you to just be perfect all the time. But the truth is, and I mean, I can absolutely say this, like when you send out an email newsletter, just to say that you made a mistake in a video in a live call that you did, like that's like, that's like my highlight of my week when I'm just like, Oh gosh, I feel like I can relax. I'm like, it's okay to be human and make mistakes and have bad days. And I think it's, oh, it's so important. I love those emails that you send out.
0: This will make you laugh then. Because you remember when you started Be Bold in Business, I got the the first phone call day wrong or the time wrong. Oh yeah. I did it again this round. (gasps) No. I did it twice. (laughs) So on last Monday, they got three emails in quick succession. One with the wrong start date. One with the wrong time of the call, and then a third one. But worst of all, some of them got two different starts. Even two different welcome emails because my funnel had malfunctioned.
1: Oh no! Um,
0: oh no! Luckily, I have the most amazing clients. Who, like you say, they love it when I get things wrong because it means they <laughs> things wrong, and they're not going to die. Basically, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I might just tell them I did it on purpose. You can edit this bit out, right?
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: Do you and want it, me to? You can tell me yeah. later if you. No, no, no. I don't want you to because <laughs> like, you know that you, that God, I make mistakes all the time, Same. and my big mistakes are always about time zone conversions because
1: oh gosh in yeah
0: hey we don't have we only have one time zone you guys i know it's crazy <laughs> <laughs> and worst of all like here in australia you've got one that's like half an hour difference what i know i know that's it's like why 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 bother we make mistakes Mm-hmm. I don't know. Courtney never makes mistakes. I make uh, a
1: lot of mistakes, guys. <laughs> I know. I never make mistakes. I'm just perfect. Yeah. I'm actually, actually, no, God, God. <laughs> right, no. Yeah. I I make mistakes all the time. Sometimes I like, you know, for, it, it, for me, it's like um. I send an email and I send it really quickly, like emails for me. I'm like, I like to be efficient. And so I'll leave something out. And then I'll remember half an hour later, I'll have to go back and be like, oh, also, by the way, blah, 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 (laughs) blah. Now anyone listening to this, who's getting emails from me is going to be like, did she say everything she needed to? Do I have everything with me? It doesn't happen often, but when it does, it's just like one of those moments where you're like, oh no, I I messed up.
0: It but for Courtney's listeners, we're both highly professional women. I just want you to know. We,
1: we, we are. We are very professional women.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. Oh, gosh.
1: Okay, final question, George. I just want to ask you, what's been the biggest pricing lesson you've learned in this business?
0: The biggest pricing lesson yeah, has to be, um, God, I'm I'm a chronic undervaluer. Like, I think a lot of women are. Um, my And this is – it's. People always tell you, but it's so hard to understand until you actually do it and see the results. Yeah, something that costs more money is easier to sell. You guys, you heard it from me; it's true. Courtney will probably tell you it's true, but mm-hmm. it's but it's really hard to implement when you have all the feelings that we talked about earlier on—feeling yeah. like you're not worth it—and blah blah blah. So for me, um, you know, I started at a price I felt comfortable selling at, and then every time I I hardly get any no's. I'm like, right, George, time to up the price.
1: Yep. So good good girl. Yes. <laughs> yes.
0: <laughs> so every time I, I stop getting objections and I just get yeses all the time. I, I up the price.
1: Good, good. That's excellent. That's a, that is a great strategy actually. And it's very easy. Like anyone yeah. can do that as well. It's not, not too much thinking in there. Um, that's an interesting lesson that if it costs more, it's easier to sell. I'd love to, Oh, I'm going to have to do like a, you know, like a, a single episode just on that topic alone. Yeah, that would be that, that would be so much fun oh, so my God. Got,
0: as an example for for yeah people, if I may so I've got this um, power hour on a Monday It's literally five uh, we together we sit down, I give five prompts for social media, and we sit down for an hour, ten minutes each piece, and at the end of it, people have um, five five pieces of social media for the week, and we do it every week it's forty dollars a month like that's like no money at all no mm. money at all how many people have I got in there 10 and most of them are like my private clients so I just give it to for free yeah but I got um seven or seven or eight people in be bold in business this round through just one post and that cost fifteen hundred dollars wow. so my post was something like um I'm starting a new round of be bold in business I'm looking for a few people who want this this and this so if you're this this and this Comment below. It's, it's the easiest route. Like I know, I've done a lot of work to get to this point. You have, you wow. have done
1: a lot of work to get it's to this not point.
0: Round and yeah. point. You guys. No, it's not.
1: It's not. I. It's not, honestly, I see. I see all of your posts everywhere on Facebook, and you know, you do work incredibly hard, and you give a ton of value, and you know, I. I don't do anywhere near that amount, but I still feel like I do a lot. And so I can't imagine, you know, I I can see, you know, how much work you've put into it. And I think that just you know, the fruit of that is so obvious in the fact that you got eight or nine people, you know, in one post basically. And it also, it also helps that, you know, you do give a lot of value. And so for the people who've gone through the program, like myself, like others who have then talked about it to other people and said, you should come and do this program. It's, it's a no-brainer for them because they have someone not only referring you to them, um, but they're able to go, you know, these are re- these are the results in my business. This is why why I enjoyed it. Okay, George, I do have to wrap it up. Thank you so much for coming on today. I hope that you had fun. I I
0: always have fun talking to you. Thank you for having Uh, uh, me on your podcast.
1: That's okay. That's okay. All right. Well, that is all from us today. Please don't forget to like and subscribe and leave us a review, depending on where you are watching or listening to this. Please don't forget to check out the free Facebook group, The Pricing on the Cake, if you would like more pricing resources and insights. And George, if people do want to get in contact with you, how can they do that?
0: um can we put something in the show notes we can put my email address yeah. my
1: Facebook page whatever works best for
0: you so yep. yeah
1: absolutely perfect well thank you again for coming on today and that is all from us Bye bye. bye-bye, bye-bye.